Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelong Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Howdy, humans. It is Woo Wednesday once again, and today is another unusual, special kind of day. Last Woo Wednesday was the full lunar eclipse, and today is the day an unclassified report on UFOs should be delivered to Congress. Come on! And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is the result of a stipulation that was kind of slipped into an earlier coronavirus relief package that was passed in December of 2020. So this stipulation requires the Department of Defense and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence to deliver this report on UFOs to Congress, compiling what the government knows collected by the Office of Naval Intelligence, the FBI, and the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. The public usually calls them UFOs and the government calls them UAPs. Now that task force is a program that the DOD created last summer to, quote, detect, analyze, and catalog UAPs that could potentially pose a threat to U.S. national security. This report will be the most direct and significant U.S. government account of UAPs or UFOs ever made public. This would be an unprecedented act of transparency from the Pentagon, which immediately makes me think, hmm, why now? The report will probably include UFO sightings by Navy pilots that were reported by the New York Times in 2017 that the Pentagon later declassified, and much, much more, I hope. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll be a pile of trash. But the crazy thing about the Navy pilot sightings is the frequency they've been seen and the velocity of speed at which the UFOs traveled. Ryan Graves, a former Navy pilot lieutenant, told 60 Minutes that pilots have been seeing UFOs every single day for the past couple of years, which is nuts. Every single day for the past couple of years. That's crazy. Anyway, it's fitting that this week's episode is part two of my interview with Christy Peterson, a psychic medium, Reiki master, author, and alien contactee. I mean, she was literally abducted in real life, IRL. If you haven't listened to the first part of this interview, you'll probably want to do that because it'll make this episode make more sense. In part two, we're going to talk more about Christy's ET experiences and specifically how she moved from working with greys to another species, which is so fascinating. We also talk about how to handle your fears in regards to the paranormal, MUFON, the mutual UFO network, an old reptilian boss, and so much more. Make sure you stay tuned to the very end of this episode because I'm going to review a few interesting things in the outro. So we're picking up right where we left off in the last episode with MUFON, and here we go. It's woo time. (music) 
I want to ask about the MUFON group. So you, I'm sure, got to hear a lot of their stories and their experiences. Did you find that there was a lot of overlap with yours? Were they working with Greys primarily or were they working with different types of ET? All different groups. And there were some Greys. And once I quit going to that support group, my goal was eventually to start another support group. So three years ago, I founded a support group here in Omaha because the other one had disbanded. The guy who hosted it had passed away. And so with this particular group, and I think it's a sign of the times, there are so many different groups. It's just insane. Where it used to be maybe two or three different groups in that original MUFON group, this group, there are probably, I don't know, 15, 20 different kinds of aliens that are contacting people in this group. And this organization that you founded, is it still running at this time? Yeah, I did put a little bit of a hold on it with COVID for you know being able to meet. But yeah, we're still very active and I have a private Facebook group for us. And working with MUFON, the international organization, I am the contact person for the state of Nebraska. Wow. So if anybody calls from Nebraska and said, oh my God, I've had this experience, then they're directed to me. That's incredible that you're in charge of the whole state. Yeah. I'm really curious about becoming a field investigator myself for MUFON and being a part of that organization because I think it's incredible what they do. Well, it is. And I'm glad you said field investigator because that's different. And every state has got a field investigator and they're the ones that investigate UFOs, the actual crafts. And, you know, that can come with abductees where I'm a little bit different. Uh, It's people strictly that have had abduction experiences. And not every state has that, but every state does have a field investigator. Quick question since we're on it. Do you find that most people who have told you about their experiences with aliens, do you you find that they've gone through sleep paralysis? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's just exciting right now to be hearing so many people and so many overlaps of everything from ghosts to astral experiences to meeting with aliens. It's very important, I think, to hear these stories. It's helpful. Well, it is. And my mission in this life is to help people stand in their own power and be courageous and to understand that there is more than this 3D world out there. And if you understand that, it's not scary. People think it is because, we, again, we've been programmed or conditioned to think it's scary. And it really isn't. And even understanding my abductions with the grace, yes, it was very invasive. But if I would have known from the very beginning that I could say no and break that contract, I would have done that a long time ago. And people need to understand that they always have control. And there's nothing scary about that. When you were violated by the Greys that one time, did you just not have a frame of reference that you could in that moment say, absolutely not? Or did it feel like you couldn't at that time? It felt like I couldn't. And, you know, there's been hundreds and hundreds of abductions where I've been taken. So I just shared a couple with you. But one time I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And they physically showed me a contract with my name on it. And I said, oh, well, I'm a woman of my word. So if my name is on it, okay, I'll do it. And not realizing that that was what I call smoke and mirrors and that I can still say no at any time. The reason I ask this is because something I like to focus on in 
these episodes is fear because I, a lot of my listeners who've come forward have said that they're afraid of dabbling in this world because they're afraid to lose control. And I have to be completely honest. I'm also in that stage of working through that fear. What's your advice? You tell the story and some of the people might think that sounds terrifying. <laughs> well, and it was terrifying. And it was because I didn't know I had the power to say no. And the first time you have an experience or even someone who's scared to death that that could happen to them, all they've got to do is stand up in their power and say, no, if there is a contract, if I'm on anybody's list, if anything, I rescind, I break any kind of agreement, you are not allowed to come near me. You know, and I do that as a psychic medium as well. I just did a Facebook live on Tuesday of this week because a question I get a lot is Ouija boards, are they evil? (laughs) <laughs> I said, no, you know, it's a piece of cardboard and it's a piece of plastic. It's not evil. <laughs> it's when people go into it, not knowing what they're doing. And what they do is they open themselves up to low vibrating energy. And so if you set the tone, and that doesn't mean just Ouija boards, but with your life in general, that you can only be influenced by the highest vibrating spirits, the highest vibrating energy, that's all that you will allow to assist you in this life. That's all that can assist you. And that's the mantra that you kind of ingrain in you over a period of time so that you can make sure that when you actually go and do the thing with the Ouija board or whatever you're using energetically, it's Mm -hmm. in there and you know, you believe yourself. Yes. And I still repeat it every time I, you know, whether it be dousing rods, tarot cards, whatever. I mean, it's all fun to me. They're all toys. I love it. (laughs) And I will just say a little mantra and say, only messages for my healing and highest good are allowed to come through today. And nothing else is welcome. And it's that short, sweet, quick, and I just don't allow it, period. And people need to know that they've got that kind of power. They've got that energy to say, Only things for my healing and highest good are allowed to influence me. That's really, really good advice. It's so simple, but just to be able to set that intention for even less than 30 seconds right beforehand could change your whole experience. And the experiences you have days or weeks afterward, if you bring something forth that you're not wanting to hang out with. Exactly. It's like, no, you got to go. Bye-bye. Yeah. Get out of here. Because when we come into this human experience, we come in with lessons we want to learn things we want to experience, things we want to accomplish. And those lessons can be hard. They can be painful. So, you know, saying that mantra is not going to alter your life plan. And there's still going to be painful things, lessons that we have to learn. But at least you're not opening yourself up to energies that are not part of that life plan. And you're like, bring it on, you know, let's just add to the the hard life already. You know, let's make it worse. (laughs) Just for shit. Yeah, yes. just for fun. <laughs> so you said that you don't work with the Greys anymore after you basically called them out on the smoke and mirrors of that contract. Then who do you work with now, may I ask? There's a technological group that has also contacted me. And this was a little bit later in life, not from the very beginning. And a live memory I have on that, a few of them, is... <laughs> We're going to, are you okay if we just go there? Oh, I'm ready, girl. Let's do it. (laughs) I am being taught how to fly crafts. Right now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Currently. 
Not yes. during this interview, but currently <laughs> in your life. <laughs> and currently in my life, yes. And it started out a few years ago. Not too many, though. I was in a craft about the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. And it was just on this, what I call the grassy knoll. <laughs> I really couldn't hurt anybody but myself and learning how to take off on a craft. And it's very much mind control. It's not, you know, starting an engine because there's no noise and it's learning how to use energy within ourselves to lift this craft and fly. And once I learned how to do that, because the flying part is easy. It's the, the liftoff that's the hard part is learning how to master that energy. So once I did that, then I, I graduated to going to a mountainous area. And then I remember distinctly going over New York City. And in my days of travel, I usually spent about one week a month in New York. And I was a clothing buyer at one point. And so I know the, the cityscape of New York very, very well. So I absolutely knew that's where I was. It's like how I got there in a few seconds from Omaha, <laughs> Nebraska. That's still a mystery. But and then graduated to larger crafts. So one memory I have is being on this huge, huge craft in there was almost like a classroom, a, a tiered classroom. And my teacher, he's like, all right, come on over here. We're going to practice programming. And there was like a wall bank of computers. And I'm like, you know, I'm not good with technology. You know, I hate this. And I'm like whining like a petulant child. And he's like, get over here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I walked over and I don't know what happened, but I'm like bum, 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 programming stuff. And even I was shocked. I'm like, how do I know how to do this? Oh my God. And then he took me to another wall and showed me holographic images. And it was of a fire and people dying and things like that. I'm like, what is this? And he said, you'll know what to do when the time is right. And this is the group of people you're going to save. And I said, well, what about my family? And he said, somebody else is taking care of them. This is the group you need to save. And I said, I've never been in a fire. I've never rescued people. I don't know. And he's like, you will know what to do when the time is right. And I will tell you, that is a common theme through most abductees, that they get that message that they will know what to do when the time is right. Are we going to have an apocalypse and you're going to save us with a giant craft? I mean, <laughs> there's so many options here. Well, you said you wanted to go there, so I'm just going there. I love it. In another dimension, I am actually a first responder. Oh, and so, so for humans or for other aliens? Other aliens. Okay. And so for me, saving people is when other planets are in distress, that I am with a team of people, and one is to take care of the environment, one is to take care of the people. We all have our jobs, and my particular job is to take care of underwater creatures and either save them, heal them, or take them off that planet and put them someplace else. <laughs> I have... <laughs> you said it was okay to go there. <laughs> Look, you, oh, do not mistake my face. It is just pure curiosity. I want to know everything. No judgment whatsoever. So this is currently something that you're going through. How long have you been doing this? Learning how to do the spacecrafts and working in other dimensions, I guess. Are we calling them planets? 
other dimensions. Yeah, it really is another dimension, but it is on other planets. I would say it's probably the last five years. Okay. That's been going on because there was a little bit of overlap with the grays in this technological group. Because when I said no, I broke the contract with everybody. And I felt, this sounds really weird, but I felt lonely. Mm-hmm. And so I brought back the technological group because I felt like that was for a larger cause for the greater good. Mm. And so I said yes to that. So I still have contact with them. What is the technological group like? What do they look like in comparison to the grays? They look more humanoid to me, much more humanoid and like what we'd see in science fiction pictures, movies, things like that. But I also know that they can present themselves to look as humanoid. So it's not as scary Mm. to us. So I don't know if that's what they're doing or if that's what they actually look like. I'm not sure. And when you're working on this, are you generally in sleep in this dimension? Yes. Okay. And you wake up now and you don't need to be hypnotized to remember that. You can just remember that it happened. Right. Okay. So it's open now. You don't have to dig that shit up. Not a hundred percent open. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll go, oh, well, I think I must've been busy last night. (laughs) (laughs) It's shifting from one energy to another. And we even do that as humans. Mm -hmm. You know, when we go from work to home, it's an energy shift. And that's what this is, is going from that dimension into this dimension. So I don't exactly remember the work I did, how long I was gone. I don't remember any of that. I just know that, ah, well, I, I must have been busy last night doing something. And I'm okay with it because I know it's for the greater good. So I don't really feel like I need to know the details. Do you wake up rested or do you feel like, God, I've been busy. I need another nap. <laughs> no, I'm rested <laughs> because it's not my body. It's my soul yeah. that's going. So my body's getting the rest it needs, but my soul has just been very active. <laughs> and, and do you think that there's a time difference between the dimensions? I know time is a mind fuck on its own, but like, is yeah. there a lot of time that's passed over there for one night here, for instance? I don't know that for sure. And that's a detail that I would probably have to go through hypnosis to figure out. But in the support group, there is a guy And he gets taken to another planet for years at a time and comes back and it will be just, you know, eight hours of sleep. Is he a cool guy? Very cool. Yeah. I imagine he's got loads of extra years of wisdom under his belt. And his job is to build a new earth. So he will go there for years at a time and work and construct and build because he has knowledge of this earth. And then he'll come back and it feels like eight hours have passed, but it's been multiple years. What does he do to create that new earth? What kind of work does he do on this physical plane? He's a farmer. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is cool. That's an interesting topic. We Are Not Alone is the name of your book. Yes. About specifically these downloads that you've gotten over the years from different aliens. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. It's called My Extraterrestrial Contact. Yeah. We Are Not Alone, My Extraterrestrial Contact. So you've got that book, and then you also have a documentary being made about your experiences. And it's called Contactee, right? That's the working title. Mm -hmm. Okay. And where will people be able to find this? Do you have any of that information yet, or what's the status? Not yet. Well, we started filming last February, and then COVID hit. Yeah. So everything shut down. And they've got all of the personal interviews. That's all done. That's all on tape. So what's left is with Dr. Jack Kasher, who was my first contact, the head physicist, we are doing a big joint venture 
with many, many, many guests, and that still has to be filmed. So we can't do that until it's safe to gather again. Right. Well, I'd love to hear about that. Let's keep in touch. So we've covered a lot of ground and I think one, a lot, I'm going to be. <laughs> do, you, do you need medication? Do you need some aspirin? <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about this for like a week at least. And, and you know, that is something interesting when I do these interviews, it kind of stays with me for a while, depending on who I chat with. It's these stories stay with me. Well, to process, it takes time and energy. Yeah. We mentioned, it seems like 11 hours ago, <laughs> we, we quickly mentioned the thinning of the veil and the age of Aquarius. And I want to connect that to basically your central message, which is empowering people to step into their courage, really. Exactly. What do you think about what's happening with the age of Aquarius and the importance of that message right now? Well, I think we are the only species that destroys our own home. We're a very young species. So what's happening is what we call star seeds, which are people that are on other planets or spirits. I shouldn't say people, souls, spirits that are on other planets are starting to come to planet Earth for the very specific reason of raising the energy of the planet, raising the vibration of the planet so we can survive. And so it's people now that are coming into adulthood because you can't overwhelm them, you know, with these little kids, they, they be, well, some of them are, and they're medicating them and calling them ADHD and all of this other stuff. But as they're growing into adulthood, they're actually able to handle it a little bit better. So that veil is thinning and they're starting to have more experiences and they either say, I want to know more, or the majority of what I get is I'm stuck. I'm so stuck. All of a sudden, I'm unhappy with my life. I don't know where to go from here. Where a lot of people wait until they retired, and then it's like, is that all there is? And it's happening younger and younger and younger right now, which is like, oh, hallelujah. I said, you know, you're 25, 30 years ahead of most people. So congratulations. And that's then teaching them, giving them the right tools to stand in their own power and understand why they're here, that they don't necessarily have to do anything specific. Just the fact that they exist on this planet is raising the vibration of it. Mm. And that's why we're seeing things so polarized now that, you know, half of the planet is still that very young, young souls wanting to have wars and fights and us against them, where the older souls, these new star seeds are coming in to say, you know, that's your young soul and you have a right to that. However, we need to have some balance on this planet. And that's why we're here. So the increase in awakening that's happening on this planet is generally because on one hand, there's souls coming to this planet to say, hey, guys, you're making a mess. We're just going to amp you up a little bit here and try to help yeah. you. And then there's also humans who are evolving more rapidly. Is that? Yes, that's a good way to put that. Okay, so we do have some humans who are not, well, and that's the question. Are, you said earlier that it kind of feels like everybody's from somewhere else. Are, so what does that mean in this scenario? Like these young souls, aren't they really just old souls from another planet then? Or how, how does that work? That's really a good observation because all souls are old souls, but some are new to the human experience on planet Earth. And so there are typically 10 soul lives and there can be many lives on each level of souls. And so these guys might be level one to learn the lessons of earth, even though they're old souls elsewhere. 
And the star seeds that are coming are old souls. They also might be new to planet Earth, but they're here with a different mission. Rather than to learn the lessons of soul level one, it's like, no, I'm here for a different reason. So it's like, I'm skipping one through eight. You know, it's like a kid that's so smart. It's like, oh, I didn't have to go to eighth grade. <laughs> I jumped ahead. And that's kind of what they're doing to raise that vibration on the planet. You know, and they're more aware. And then also with the other mediums that we were talking about, making this okay and more mainstream. So when people do have experiences, they don't poo-poo it, think they're crazy. It's like, oh my gosh, something like that's happening to me too. And they're more willing to explore it. Based off of all the experiences that you had, and especially the experiences that you have with working with your clients over a long period of time, because that's like a case study in itself. Do yeah. you feel like we have a chance to not blow ourselves up and turn into, uh, I don't know, like horrible, horrible yeah. species? <laughs> I mean, we're just such a, we're just such a hot mess. Like, do you see yeah. hope or where do you lie on that spectrum? I do see hope because what people don't understand that is if earth implodes or explodes, that it affects the entire, I'll just call it ecosystem, the galaxy. It affects everything. It makes it go topsy-turvy. So the other aliens, ETs, won't allow that to happen. So it's in their best interest as well. Exactly. And that's why they're sending. It's like, okay, they're just not getting it here on planet earth. Aren't they hilarious? So let's send some people in. Hilarious is one word, (laughs) but you know, that's actually a really comforting thought to know that it's in their best interest too. So hopefully that means we can't go too far. Unfortunately, we've gotten, we're about as far as we can go. Yeah, we've gone pretty scary far. I mean, we've destroyed the oceans. We destroy each other. We destroy every part of the planet. We really like to be very inclusive when it comes to that. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Nothing is sacred. Uh, Let's get it all. (laughs) Oh, good. You're saying you're feeling very hopeful because it, it feels like we have a chance here. Yeah, they won't allow us to destroy ourselves. But my understanding is that universal law is that they can't really interfere until we've destroyed about 75% of the planet. And then that gives them permission to step in and do it. And that's where we're at right now. A lot of people are feeling shifts occur. And I think it's validating for them to hear that there's a lot going on. The veil is thinning for a reason. We're moving on into sort of a next phase of our development. Exactly. And so when we talk about polarization, there are those people in the middle. And when those things start happening to them, they're going to lean to the other side and just help that vibration rise even more. You said that one of the most important practices is standing up for yourself, owning your power, repeating that mantra every time you do any kind of practice. Is there any other advice that you have for people who are afraid of this new transition, these new changes that are happening? Yeah, my job is to work myself out of a job because I want everybody not to need me and to know that they can do it themselves because they are so attuned to who they are as a spirit. So I do want to talk about one of the most powerful things was the last time I went through hypnosis and the hypnotherapist asked me, she goes, what do your guides, what does your higher self think about your ET contact? And I went, oh my God, it's all the same. Because if we are all one, why would they be different? And to me, that takes the fear out of it completely. Because if we are all one and we all come from source, 
you are expressing yourself as you. I'm expressing myself as me. Spirit guides are expressing themselves as spirit guides. ETs are expressing themselves as ETs. And it's all experiences. It's all learning where eventually we all go back to source. It's not separate. You really kind of have to marinate in it for a second for it to sink <laughs> in. Yeah. But I think it, I could get to it being comforting if I really thought about it. That includes spirits and ghosts as well. Yeah. Because the whole job, I guess, of source is to experience everything that has ever been and ever will be. And that can be some people that I'm going to come down as a ghost. I'm going to come down as an ET. I'm going to be a spirit guide. I'm going to be Christy. <laughs> Christy is busy. Okay. <laughs> It's a very important role. <laughs> I need a raise, man. Yeah. I mean, when you kind of pull out from it a little bit, and this is something I've been working on with ghosts specifically, is like dealing with the fear of that. When you pull out a little bit and you think, okay, wait a second, I have power inside of me. This is just something different than what I'm used to seeing and dealing with. And different exactly. isn't necessarily bad. The unknown, we've been programmed to think the unknown is scary. Oh, that's the worst programming we've ever had, I think. Well, and it, they want us to be in a place of fear because we're easier to control. Who's they? Society in general. Do you think there's like an Illuminati or there's some kind of force on this planet that's really just trying to keep it from evolving forward into something happier and better? Yes. Do you yeah. call it the Illuminati? I really don't. And that doesn't mean that's not the right name because there are certain families and this has been going on for generations. This isn't new that they want all the money in the world and now they've got that. So now they want all the power and the way you have power is to control people. And so through generations, they're building that up and it's fear, 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 programming, programming, programming. And we are falling for it. They say that the biggest change is we're not going to fear it. We're going to beg for it. And mm. cell phones are the biggest example. It's like, look what cell phones can do for you. It's like, oh, I've got to have the latest. I got to have the greatest. Well, there's no way that people cannot keep track of us and know everything about us. I mean, just think about your ads. You Google something and the next thing you know, an ad's showing up for you. And even with Facebook, with my friend requests, like how do they know that this should be a friend of mine when I haven't had contact with them, but it's somewhere in my phone database, my computer database, whatever. And it's one of the biggest issues of control is your cell phone. And we were begging for that and we continue to beg for it. That seems to be a reoccurring theme in politics and philosophy. That's kind of a stage that you convince the public to think it's something that they want. It's very clever to put it yeah. right out in the open like that. Do you think that there are alien entities or other entities that are involved in this process of wanting to keep the power and keep the money? I really don't. And I could be wrong on that. Because like we talked about earlier, there's good guys, there's bad guys, same with ETs. But the majority of my experience really has been to help save the human race and save our planet from ourselves. So it's those powers that be that want to control us. That's the main issue. Hmm. Interesting. It's, it's not aliens. They've been coming here for generations. And we see what we want to see. If you go back and look at ancient paintings, you will see 
UFOs. It's been going on forever. And we choose not to see that because then we'd have to react to it and ask questions. And so we just see this beautiful painting of Jesus and the disciples or whatever. And that's what we see until somebody points out, look at that little UFO. Well, oh my God, you know, who did that? The artist, you know, nobody came afterwards. I went to Italy in, I don't know, like five years ago or something. And we had this amazing opportunity to go into this teeny tiny town where there was this teeny tiny church that was, you know, a gajillion years old. And we went inside and way on the back wall, I'm not even kidding. There was a beautiful picture there, painting, and it was old, 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 old. And in the top of the painting, there was a motherfucking UFO. I mean, mean, there's no other way to slice that baby. It just was like one of these things is not like the other because everything in the, (laughs) everybody in the portrait was wearing their old garb and it was like, you know, whatever time period that was. And then right there was this technological thing with antennas on it. And, And it was just like, there was a language barrier. So I was like, UFO, you know, (laughs) and they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It blew my mind. And it was the first time I had seen it firsthand. I knew that existed, but I saw Mm -hmm. it with my own eyes. Because you were ready to see it. Most of the people there wouldn't have even noticed it. I mean, it's very prominent too. And I think that's true. A lot of people are just like, oh yeah, that's weird. And it's like, no, think about that for a second. (laughs) That's really crazy. Exactly. Yeah. People do not compute that kind of stuff. I've noticed they just kind of let it, let it pass. They're not ready to see it. So it doesn't exist. Yeah. I want to ask a question, which I ask everybody at the end of these interviews. And that is what is the most profound paranormal, supernatural or woo experience you've ever had? You've shared <laughs> tremendously woo supernatural experiences already. Is there one that's like just tickling in the back of your brain that's maybe another that you'd like to share? Well, I think the one that I was going to use for that was the fact that we're all one and that we've come here to express ourselves as different energies, different ways. And that was probably the most profound thing that I've ever experienced. And it happened in you know the blink of an eye but it made so much sense on such a galactic scale instead of an earth scale or a client to a practitioner scale. You know, that's so small and that's where we have to start. But this was so big and so profound to me that we are, because people are becoming very accustomed to saying, well, you know, we're all one, we're all one. They say it, but they don't recognize exactly what that means Mm -hmm. and it's like oh all human beings are one it's like no everything is energy so that is that rock that tree that dog that cat that human being that ghost that et you know whatever we are all one we come from one place and that is source and forgive me if i missed it did you have a specific experience that like kind of washed over you and you just felt that knowing Yeah, that was the last time I was in hypnosis when the hypnotherapist asked me what my spirit guides and higher self thought of my ET contact. That moment. Okay, got it. Yeah. Again, it's like your second level of moving past compartmentalizing, right? The puzzle is complete because I can talk to anybody about anything. I don't have to have secrets anymore. And I say we all have secrets. And those are sometimes things that, you know, we're not proud of in our past and other things that we just fear judgment if we're exposed. 
and I no longer have secrets. That is the most powerful thing ever. A lot of people are still holding on to stuff that, um, well, I don't want to give away my secrets. I don't want to tell too much because then somebody else will come in and use it. And it's like, good. I want everybody. That's part of standing in your own power is sharing what you know with each other. That's back to that even energy exchange. Yeah. And that's a big Generation Z thing. They're really big on just sharing stuff for free. And I love that concept. Even with this podcast, like there's some people who have similar podcasts to me and they keep it close to their chest. They're like, I don't want to share shit. And then others who are just like, have it all. Let's share everything. That seems to be kind of the new way. And I love that. You know, we're not a pie and there's only so many pieces of that pie. It's like, let's share that pie and make more and more and more and more. And another one of my goals is that, you know, there was a time when people would say, oh, I got a massage on vacation or, you know, it was something really special. And now it's on every street corner. You can go Mm -hmm. get a massage. And I want that to be that I've got a doctor, I've got a masseuse, I've got a psychic, I've got a medium, I've got a dentist. And it's just part of living your life. Mm. is going to people that can help you. I wish for that as well. I want to ask just real quick, how do you think privilege, specifically white privilege, plays into that? Like what's happening there and ability to have access to these kinds of things? That's a really good question because there was a point a few years ago when people didn't think racism existed anymore in the United States. (laughs) And the last few years, it has come to light that people have been given permission to be racist, misogynistic, all of those things. And I always say there's a gift in everything. And the gift in that is it has come to light that that not only exists, it is alive and well. And we can't heal something if we don't know it exists. So I'm disgusted that it exists, but at least we know it, we can start to heal it. But I've got people from every ethnicity, every gender that come to me that are you know going through the same experiences right and my job is to say okay i'm going to drop the f-bomb here and i usually try to be kind of (laughs) g-rated in interviews but it's like fuck white privilege we've had our turn maybe it's somebody else's turn and i think part of white privilege is white people are scared to death that they are going to be treated as poorly as they have treated others let's keep them squished let's keep them small it's like no i really don't believe that's true at all let's give everybody a fair chance. And if we're all one, you're racist against one person, you're racist against yourself. And if you believe in past lives, we've been every gender, every ethnicity. So, you know, I look at racism and part of me is like, oh my God, how close-minded are you when you've been that in a past life? I imagine it goes back to what you said before that like kind of half of this earth right now is waking up and moving away from that. And half of it is clinging on to the past and they're fighting for it. Well, and they believe that it's the right and true way. And so I really don't talk politics in my business because I tell people, I look at your soul. I don't look at the way you vote. And it's because it's what you've been taught and how you've been educated and, you know, what news program you listen to where you think you are absolutely right. And, you know, this side is wrong. This side is right. And it's both sides. So I am not a Donald Trump fan. But when I say there's a gift in everything, he is the one that gave everybody permission to be racist 
and misogynistic. And so he has now shown, put the light on that. So we hopefully can go in and heal that. I agree. And I know that's a controversial topic. Even though he's a shitbag, he also provided contrast for us so that we could see that area where we needed to heal and get through that. And so, yeah, I think that's true. I wanted to ask you, do you think that there are or have you experienced aliens in human bodies on this planet in real time, not in sleep paralysis or astrally? Have you ever just walked by someone you were like, yep? It hasn't happened often, but yes. And the first time was many years ago. It was close to 40 years ago. And it was a, a lady I worked for. And we were in this particular store. And I looked at her and I went, oh, my God, she's reptilian. And I didn't even know what a reptilian was at that point. I didn't know about UFOs. I didn't know ETs. I knew nothing. But I looked at her and I knew she was reptilian. Wow. And it was like she shape-shifted, she morphed, she did something and looked exactly like a reptile wow. to me. Yeah. And then she turned around and she was her lovely self, but it was enough for me to go, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Are reptilians generally malevolent or is that also a common misconception because the Sherry Shriner thing and all that? Yeah, it's a, a common misconception because there's just as many reptilian groups as there are any other group. And some are benevolent, some are benevolent, and some are neutral. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. Do you ever think about your daughter? Yes. Is it a frequent thought? Has she ever tried to communicate with you or is that forbidden now? That's a great question. I don't know if it's forbidden into my knowledge. She has not tried to communicate with me. And what I get is that she's in her late 20s right now. And she is you know, doing her thing aboard a craft. And it feels very scientific to me, but I have no knowledge that I've been in regular contact with her. Do you have a sense that you might see her again before you die? I don't know. I, don't know. I know when I do die, I will see her for okay. sure, but I don't know before that. Yeah. I'd just, love to. I just can't imagine that experience of knowing that that is your kid and knowing that it happened in a way that with this mind in this realm cannot explain, but you just know with every rudiment of your being. Yes. I knew she was my daughter. She looked just like me, only an alien version of me. And the emotional and even biological connection I had to her when they put her in my arms was just palpable. Hmm. Is there anything else that you feel is important to share? Mostly, I want to let people know that when they've had experiences, and whether they're extraterrestrial or just paranormal, 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 paranormal. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Let's talk like this. <laughs> Let's talk about the paranormal. <laughs> Mostly, they're not crazy. They're absolutely not. And reach out to a really reputable psychic medium and have them help explain things to you. But don't go to somebody that's just on a street corner. And usually it's word of mouth. And, you know, I do little to no advertising and 99% of my business has all been word of mouth. And that's how you find the right person is if someone else has had a really good experience. That's definitely been my experience in the past, too. The most accurate or the most tuned in or the most balanced mediums, the ones you really want to work with, it does seem that it's almost always word of mouth. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they really don't need to advertise. And the ones that have got their big hand in the window or, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not disparaging that either, but you just want to think twice. Yeah. I try to tell my listeners when they come forward and they ask me questions about who to go to, I just say like, trust yourself. You know, you know, when something's phony, you can feel it. You and if can- they try to do a bait and switch and tell you they've got a, a spell cast on you and, you know, for another $250 or another $500, I'll get rid of this evil spell. Run, run as fast as you can. The price is the price is the price. And you should have a beautiful experience. You should walk out of every single session feeling better than when you walked in. Also, another good point. You don't want to be upselled, up, upsailed, upsell. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you don't want it. Uh, <laughs> and, you, and you also don't want to feel like a pile of turds when you leave. Right. Absolutely. It should be an uplifting experience. You know, and it might be very sensitive issues, difficult issues that are discussed, but there should also be the tools handed to the person to teach them how to deal with it. And that's the hope. Dang, people. Doesn't this stuff really make you think? I mean, I have to say I appropriately named this podcast. I follow the woo until another woo crops up. And then another, actually, I follow one woo and then like 15 more woos crop up. All this stuff is pickling my brain and it just keeps going and going. You guys don't know this because you're only getting the episodes, but behind the scenes, I'm doing dozens of other interviews that I haven't turned into episodes yet. When I'm done interviewing someone, sometimes I realize in the editing process, I still have questions. So after editing this interview, I emailed a few more questions to Christy, and she was kind enough to take the time to write me back. Regarding her reptilian boss, I asked, did you continue working with her? Did you ever confront her? Do you think she ever knew you knew she was a reptilian? Christy said she transferred shortly after she saw her boss shapeshift, and she never saw her again. And she said, Thank goodness she didn't, because her energy was not the good guy kind of reptilian vibe. So, phew. Still, I have to say, I'd almost want to, like, look her up and, like, investigate her just to see if she really still was. But she's probably horrifying, so maybe that's a horrible idea. Christy also said she didn't think that her boss saw her accidentally shift. So it was a slip-up. Yeesh. Can you imagine your boss shape-shifting into a reptilian and then right back into their regular human boss self? I had a boss once who I honestly can say might have been a malevolent alien. I'll just say he had very little humanity in him. Let's put it that way. But I don't know if I could see him just straight up contort into a reptilian. Creepy. My other question for Christy was about the different alien species that people reported in her groups. She said it used to be two to three alien species, and now it's like 15 to 20. That's a huge shift just in the last few years. We got the greys. We got the humanoid kind of thing. What else is there? She said the next popular one after the greys are what they call blue avians. And they're these kind of bird-looking, blue-flowing entities. They kind of look cool. If you Google them, it looks like some artist gave us an idea of what they look like, and then people have mimicked that 
The next popular category of aliens were ones that resemble a praying mantis, which is just too freaky for me. I'm not really into insects, and I'm certainly not into insect aliens. Insectoid, is that what it would be called? I guess an insectoid alien. No, I I would prefer the blue avians if I'm going to have an experience. I also asked about the 10 soul lives. Where did this concept come from? I've heard various spiritual teachers, different ideologies around how many lives we have, how many levels we have to get through to get back to God or source or, I don't know, the OG primordial ooze. But I hadn't heard about the 10 soul lives. So I asked. And she said this concept comes from this hardcore skeptic dude who turned in to a past life psychic. His name is Ainsley McLeod, and he's got a book called The Instruction, Living the Life Your Soul Intended. I looked him up and took the quiz on his website to learn my soul type, which was pretty cool. It doesn't tell you what soul level you're in, but it does tell you what your predominant archetypes are. I'd love to interview him someday. I'd love to get a reading by him someday. But Oprah got to him first. So he's got a killer, killer waiting list. Anyway, the general idea of the book is that we have 10 soul levels to get through before we go back to source. It can take a couple lives to get through each level or it can take like 25 lives. It really depends on how we deal with the lessons in each level. It's a pretty intriguing concept. And I'll put the link to his website in the show notes in case you would like to follow that woo. I'll also add that 60 Minutes clip for you where the ex-government and government people talk about their UFO sightings. You can book a reading with Christy and learn more about what she's up to at christypeterson.com. And that's spelled Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I, and Peterson, P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N. You can also text her about an appointment at 402-968-7855. And you can purchase her book, We Are Not Alone, My Extraterrestrial Contact, at Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Like I said before, if you've had an ET encounter and you're scared, confused, or feeling isolated, please know there are loads of resources available to you at MUFON.com. If you have any specific questions about ETs or you want to share any amazing experiences that you've had, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com and I will do my best to answer your questions or get you to the person who can or interview you or whatever the heck you want. All right. Until next time, y'all. Thank you for following the Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow the Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic, and remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 